The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 104. The Finnish passport is the most powerful passport in the world, giving its residents access to 173 countries visa-free, including notoriously hard countries like India and Vietnam. And it also looks like a walking moose when you flip through the pages. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me is someone who will come on any adventure with me, no matter how crazy the itinerary, my wife and my constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, Heth. Hi, everyone. And Heth, we have quite the crazy itinerary, even for us, the last couple of days. Tell people what we will be doing and what we have done already. Well, the trip started out in the most delightful way with spending two whole weeks in the Tuscan countryside. And let me tell you, it was fantastic. But since then, we have had to travel from Tuscany, drive to Milan, which takes about four hours. Four long, boring hours. Then fly from Milan to Prague, sleep one night in Prague. So we got into our hotel at 11 p.m. and we left the next morning at 11 a.m. to go to the airport to then fly backwards to Amsterdam to have a five-hour layover before we board a 15-hour flight. Is it 15 hours? To Yeah, 13 to 15, somewhere in there, to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. But that's not even our final destination. Where we will stay for about 15 hours and then get on another flight and finally head up to Chiang Mai, Thailand. So we did a little figuring out in 66 hours, we will have been in transit for 39 of them. So currently, we are actually sitting in the Shaipol Airport in Amsterdam. I figured it out as well. We have recorded so far through 100 and some episodes. We have recorded in seven different places, but never in an airport. So this is the very first time we're actually recording from an airport during a four-hour layover. And Travis, do you think you should maybe tell people why we have such a crazy itinerary when, you know, we could easily use some frequent flyer miles or even pay for a direct flight from New York? Yeah, well, what we did is there was a mistake fare and it Uh, ended up being $170 a person one way to go New York to Kuala Lumpur. Now, we didn't really want to spend any time in Kuala Lumpur. We are spending a night because we couldn't get a flight that day, but we didn't really want to spend too much time. But the what you had to do was you had to fly into Milan and out of Prague. So that's why we spent two weeks in Tuscany, and then we had to go back up to Milan, then we had to fly to Prague. But for whatever reason, we can't fly Prague to Malaysia. We have to backtrack basically across all of Western Europe to Amsterdam, sit in the airport, and then go all the way back to Malaysia. So So, all in the name of a cheap ticket. (laughs) All in the name of a cheap ticket, guys. I'm not sure in the background if you can hear the actual announcements going on the airport. If you can, that's really cool. If you can't, 
Don't worry, you probably think I'm crazy, but we are sitting in the airport. We actually snuck into a gate that I don't think we're supposed to be in because <laughs> they have outlets and they have seats and a table so we can record this podcast. But we are not flying on Emirates Airline, but we are sitting in their gate. There's no one around except one guy sweeping up. So ah, uh-huh. we've got it good, you know. Ask, what is it? Ask permission later? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, so there we go. So guys, one last thing before we get into this. Today we have a pretty cool show, the perfect show to be recorded in an airport because it's going to be our pre-travel checklist, the 23 things that you should do before you travel. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys, well, I want to say thank you for all the support, as always, for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. But I also want to remind you that we have a survey running and we'd love to know your thoughts. So we've done Podcast Gluttony for two months. We want to know how it's going. You can go to that survey, extrapackofpants.com slash survey, fill it out. I guarantee it will take you under five minutes. Make sure to leave your email address because we, Heather, are giving one lucky winner a $50 Amazon gift card. So we'll pick that at random. We'll pick a number, whoever's that person with that survey number, we'll get a $50 Amazon gift card from us. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. So thank you guys for that in advance for the support of the survey and letting us know what you want to hear because this podcast is about you. I mean, it's fun for me and how they record, but it's about helping you guys travel more, spend less, lots of distractions here, people walking all around waving at us. <laughs> so travel more and spend less. I think they think we're someone important here because we've got two computers out and mics out. It's a pretty funny setup. We'll try to post a picture of it on the show notes for that. And you can get Get the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pre-travel, P-R-E, travel. And we also want to know what you guys do before you travel because we don't always do it best, as you'll find out from this show. So let's jump right into it. We've got 23 items that you should do before you travel. Heth, what's the first one? Well, the first one is if you're traveling in another country, it might be a good idea to get some travel insurance. And as we will say throughout this whole time... Do as we say, not as we do. We are actually very bad about this. We've never bought in travel insurance. We know that we should. I'm actually looking for someone to come on and do an episode about travel insurance. So if you are a quote unquote expert, if you just know a decent amount about travel insurance, we'd love to have you come on and talk about it or if you know someone because we don't know that much, but you should buy travel insurance. Yeah, it's definitely a good way to make yourself feel a little more comfortable when you're out there on the road. Yeah, it covers health insurance. It covers like losing your bags. It covers, I mean, there's a ton of, the reason we don't know a lot is that it's like regular, all types of insurance. There's so many different tiers and things like that. But what this is, is travel insurance. It covers your bags. It covers everything like that, as well as medical insurance. So I have heard that World Nomads is a very easy one to use and they have a lot of pricing plans and stuff. Very simple to figure out. So World Nomads would be my uh, rudimentary suggestion, my naive suggestion. What's number two? Number two is something that we slipped up on on the last trip when we arrived in Milan. We did not have an international driver's license, so it would be a good idea to secure that before you leave on a trip. Yeah, and an international driver's license is very easy to get, I assume, in every country. In the U.S., all you have to do is go to AAA, and it's 20 bucks, and you get a passport photo, and they give you an international driver's license. It's just a booklet of papers 
that translates your driver's license into other languages. Basically, whatever class you have might be a different class in another country. So it translates your class of license. Yeah. And it's really important because we didn't have it on this last one. And it ended up costing us about $300 because we rented a car from Gold Car without knowing that they required an international driver's license. Now, they're the only one that I know of in Europe that requires an international driver's license in order to rent a car. All the other ones we just gave our regular license, but they would not give us a car without an international driver's license, which even before we left, we said, oh, we should go pick those up at AAA. And yeah, we didn't do it. And that's because we thought that Japan was really the only country that needed an international driver's license. And since we weren't going there, we were just, you know, we got hectic before we left and we just cut that cut that out. It's so easy to do. There's no reason not to have it. Throw it in your bag. You never know when you're going to need. We had to use it to rent motor scooters in Japan and we also need it to drive in Japan as well. And uh, it does last for a whole year. Yeah. And again, I think it's 20 bucks. The third thing, we are just coming up with a ton of travel mishaps right off the bat. We want to make you guys feel good here. The third one is make sure you have your passport and the requisite amount of pages in your passport. Now, we're blessed to travel a lot, so not everybody will have this problem, but I'm sure most of you can recall the story of Travis not being allowed into Indonesia from Singapore because he didn't have enough pages in his passport. Well, before we left for this trip, you know, I was telling this story, and I was like, actually, I've had my passport now for four years, and we've traveled so much, I should really check to see if I have enough pages. And sure enough, I did not. I had one page left. So I took care of it before we left and it cost, you know, just a mere $140 to express, you know. Uh, it's like a dagger to my heart. <laughs> I can't be too mad at half, obviously. It's $88 to get the pages put in and then it was another 60 to expedite because we had to do it quickly. You know, I screwed and up with a car rental. because I time. forgot, but because we were traveling so much, we did not have enough time to put our passport in the mail and wait a couple weeks. Yeah, so so everything with the passport, make sure it doesn't expire. Some countries require that you have six months of validity on your passport to enter that country. So make sure that it's not expiring within six months or anything like that. Also, make sure you have the right amount of pages, everything like that. If you want to know the whole story about us not having enough pages, you can easily get that by listening to our mishaps episode. And I tell the whole story of us getting stuck in Singapore. So everything with a passport, make sure it's valid, make sure you have enough pages. And that leads us into number four. Which is make sure you have the correct visas for the countries that you're visiting. Now, sometimes this requires going into an embassy and, you know, taking a couple days to have your passport updated with a visa. Other times you can get them on arrival or you can do them online. Like when we went to Australia. Australia is an electronic visa. If you want to know, we did a great episode with the guys from Allied Passports. They Visas and passports are always changing. They are a great resource for that. Go listen to that. But we have not run in this problem yet. Cross our fingers. We've always gotten the right visas. But you know, if you go to India, you need a visa. If you go to China, you need a visa. Brazil, you need a visa. Vietnam, you need a visa. Some countries, you don't need a visa. So make sure you know whether you need a visa and then how to get it. And some of them will take up to two or three weeks to get the visa. So if you're deciding you want to go to China and you're going to leave in three days, good luck. You're not going to be able to get your Chinese visa. So some of these you need to plan ahead. And like I said, we've never run into this issue, but we have had friends who have been turned away from Brazil. They they were Canadian. They also need a visa. She flew into Brazil, didn't ever think she needed a visa, got there, and they literally held her in the airport. Her friend was allowed to go because she had a visa. 
or, or she was Dutch. She didn't need a visa, I guess. Something like that. And they held her in the airport and she had to pay a couple thousand dollars to get on the next flight and be shipped out. And and they, you know, they will not let you in the country. They will detain you and force you to pay your way out. Yeah, pretty serious stuff. Yeah, make sure you have the visas. Number five, another thing we haven't done, <laughs> but you should do, getting shots for areas that you're going to. Now, obviously, if you're traveling within the US or you're traveling to Europe, different areas, you're not going to need certain shots. But especially if you're going to Africa and other countries, make sure you know the shots that you need. And I would suggest that do a little research because people are going to say, you need this, 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 and this. But if you Google and if you kind of read up, you might know the exact one. You know, there might be 10 things they recommend, but maybe only one is essential or really important. Yeah. And you definitely research on the internet, ask your doctor what they recommend, and then ask your doctor again what's really necessary and not just what they recommend because, you know, sometimes they'll recommend so many things. One trick for that, you can say, I don't have a lot of money to get all these shots. What is, you know, rank these? Like, what are the most essential? We had a friend who, when we went to China, he got a few shots. We did not, again, get any shots, but he got a few (laughs) shots. We like to live on the edge. (laughs) We've been lucky so far. So, but getting shots or, and, and making sure you have them before you go, especially going to Africa and things like that. And the next one is make sure to have at least one night's accommodation already booked. Now, most people out there who travel probably are planning their whole trip out. Not just, you know, we like to fly by the seat of our pants. That also happens when you're traveling for five months. You're not going to book five months of a trip. I mean, at least we're not. So... We try to at least have like where we're going, a place book for that night. <laughs> this is a lesson learned. And we're not saying we book it that much in advance. I actually just booked our hotel or our hostel in Malaysia last night and we're flying in today. But we learned this lesson because we sometimes did this and sometimes showed up and, and it worked well in different times. But there was one time we showed up in Bali and we didn't have something booked. We ended up paying more and we weren't in that great of a place. It was raining. This guy on a motorbike was taking us all around in the rain. Just not a good experience. So now we always think, let's just get one night of accommodation booked. And then... I mean, feel free to book more than one sure, night. Sure, sure. But at least one, it just makes you feel a little more at ease when you're landing and you know that you have a place to go to because it kind of stresses me out if we don't have that. Yeah, as we get older, this is one, as we said, one lesson that we have learned. So we always book at least one night. Going on top of that, number seven, printed out copies of your accommodations. This is just important because especially if you need to tell a taxi driver where to go or something like that, it's just nice to have a printed out hard copy of it. A lot of people trust their phones, as do we now, but you never know when it's going to die or anything like that. So print out a copy of your accommodations, have the address written out so that you can show a taxi driver, here's where I have to go or a rickshaw driver or whatever it is. On top of the fact that then you also have it and you know where you're going if your phone dies and you don't remember the name of the hotel or something like that. Yeah, you always write down the address of the place that we're going to in your little moleskin book. So, I mean, we use that for all sorts of things to just keep organized when we're on the road and you can keep that right in your pocket. Yeah, and sometimes if you're going to a country that speaks a really radically different language, like you're going to China, you're going to Japan or something like that, on the hotel or hostel or guest house website, they will have a part that's written out in that language. 
you know, like the that Chinese you can, characters. Yeah, that you can the, give to a taxi yeah. driver. Like it'll be supplied and you can print it out and then you can give it to a taxi driver so that you don't have to explain it in English or have it yeah. in Latin. Like when we Roman were letters. in Shanghai, I mean, this major metropolitan city and we were go- trying to check into the Marriott, a huge hotel that's famous and is right in the downtown. Yeah. And 85 we, floors. Yes. I mean, you can see it from anywhere in Shanghai. And we kept saying to like three different taxis, uh, Marriott, Marriott. And they just had no idea what we were talking about. So just print it out. It's good for peace of mind. And on top of that, then our number eight is printed out copies of your tickets. This would be airline tickets. This would also be train tickets. Yeah, when we were on our last big trip in April and May and we were traveling all over Europe, we went from... Prague to Berlin by train. And we didn't realize that we had to print out our tickets. We had it on our phone and we thought we could just show him the reservation on our phone. Well, when the conductor came to, you know, stamp our ticket, we didn't have a ticket for him to stamp. Yeah, we had it electronically on our computer and on our phone. It had a barcode. He would not accept it. We literally fought for 15 minutes with him and he said, no, I have to be able to put a stamp on it. We even said, all right, why don't you stamp our computer screen? Like kind of joking <laughs> around. He was not having any of that. And so we actually, unfortunately, we were traveling in between two countries. So we actually got charged by the Czech train conductor to go to the border. And then when the German train conductor came by, she was having none of it. And we had to pay the German train conductor more money. So it, again, ended up costing us like, you guys think I must do everything wrong. <laughs> you know, half well, the time I do. We travel a lot. So of course... And if, if you're booking a lot of the things, I was just thinking about this. Wow, Travis has kind of made a lot of mistakes, but you do like 90% of the booking. So we have to cut you a little bit of slack. That's here. sweet of you, but I, I messed this <laughs> up. And then he kept saying, it says it has to be printed on A4 paper. Well, then I read the fine print and it was, it was bad English. So it said that you could have a mobile ticket, but then it said for inter, it, it, it was some weird word. It wasn't international. It, well, it didn't it say was international like, or between two countries. It was some weird wording. Intertransit. For an intertransit ticket, it must be printed out, which I guess means between two countries. H- how would anyone know that? It was just awful English. So I feel a little better because even if I had read that beforehand, I wouldn't have known what it meant. So just print out copies of your tickets. It never hurts to have hard copies of things, which then another thing brings us to number nine. And number nine is copies of your passport, which is also not something we do very often. But it's always good to have copies of your passport in case your passport is stolen, in case you lose it, or in case you arrive somewhere and they need to make a copy and you already have it. Like sometimes when we've um, done a go with O apartment or an Airbnb and B apartment, they've sent us to a shop to print, get a copy of our passport. Yeah. So if you already have one, then you don't have to wander around a foreign city looking for a printing shop. Yeah, just print, just make a copy. Re- carry three or four on you just in case. Another thing you want to do, number 10, is make sure a few people at home have your itinerary. You never know when something's going to go wrong, either when you're at home and they have to get a hold of you or vice versa. Someone where you're traveling has to get a hold of them. Just make sure people know where you're traveling. 
it's just a safety thing. You know, you don't want to just go off on your own and not have your parents or your brother, or your sister, or your spouse or something like that. If you're not telling your spouse, well, then maybe <laughs> you there's a reason. Yeah, maybe there's a reason you're not telling your spouse. <laughs> but a few people at home, give them your itinerary, even if it's a rough itinerary and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here just for safety reasons. Yeah. And I mean, you were making fun of me earlier for texting my sister so much because I don't have my phone right now, but I have iMessage set up on my laptop. So I've just been dinging back and forth between my sister. And I was actually telling her our exact itinerary until we get to Chiang Mai. So at least my sister knows, Trap. Yeah, I'm sure you were doing it. In between <laughs> shooting pictures of what you're wearing and what she's wearing, you're letting her know of your itinerary. Number 11 is notify the embassy of your travel. Again, something we do not do. But if you're going to specific countries, especially more dangerous countries, always notify the embassy in that, the U.S. embassy in that country that you're coming there or how long you're going to be there. Because again, for safety issues, if something happens, you know, this is important. Now, in Japan, we were supposed to be like notify the embassy. We were supposed to do all that and we never ended up doing it. And then when the tsunami happened, it wasn't really an issue because our schools knew we were there and everything like that and Heather's work. But if, if something like that happens, the embassy will help account for you and t- get to your parents and tell everyone's okay. So if you're traveling to certain countries, you can notify the embassy. I would only do this in some of the more treacherous companies. Yeah, or if you're countries. going for a really extended period of time. Like in Japan, we lived there for two years. We probably should have, you know, notified the embassy. At some point, we probably should have sent a five-second email to have done that, yes. (laughs) Okay, and the next one is we are on number 12. Double-check the dates you have booked everything for. Now, this may seem simple. This may seem obvious. However, we, of course have made this mistake. You, you say we, let's just <laughs> let's lay blame where it, uh, we can keep piling on to myself. I made this mistake on another train. We've never done this for an airline. I, I'm now I'm like kind of paranoid that it's going to happen. Like I'm going to go for to the flight, gate here. Yeah. I'm going to go to the flight here and it's going to be the wrong day or something crazy. Hopefully not cross your fingers. If so, you'll probably hear a bunch more podcasts. We'll be stuck in the <laughs> airport here. But I did it for trains in Italy. I actually booked the next day. So we got on the train. We're sitting there. She comes around, checks our seat. And this seats. was an assigned seat train. Like, yeah, it was, it was the, a one of the high, fast, speed train. high speed train. So we had assigned seats and she comes up to us and she's like, well, you don't have seats here. This is not your seat. And we're like, yes, it is. Like, look at our ticket. You know, Travis brought up the e-ticket on his phone. He's like, look, here are the seats that we're in. And it says our names. And as he's like passing the phone to her, he realizes the date is I saw for the date and I was like, the oh, next day. I hope she doesn't realize this because a lady in a seat next to us was sitting in one that wasn't assigned her there's plenty of seats on the train but a lady was supposed to be in our seats for that day but she was seeing another one so her ticket the conductor wouldn't have realized i don't think had this lady's ticket not said the same seat and then she started looking at him closer and she said oh this is the um next day and i thought oh my god so we had <laughs> yeah. two options we could get off the train and at the next stop and wait until the next day or we could pay this and this the conductor was really sweet, but she wouldn't have anything. No, I tried she, so hard. I mean, it's hard. the same tr- ticket for the very next day. Same train, same, you know, high speed train. It's not like we have a lower ticket, you know, and we're trying to just smuggle onto this train. No, it was the same ticket. Probably just 24 a third hours. of the seats were booked. So like ha- yeah. two thirds were empty. And I just tried everything I could. All the uh, charm in my body. Yeah. She was really sweet, but she would have none of it. And we were in Italy, so I thought, oh, they're not always super strict. Like, she'll just, you know, no, no. big deal. I tried to even give her a little money as like a bribe. Like, oh, take this for yourself. And no, it was not happening. 
so we had to pay the price for the ticket that day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot of money wasted on yeah. me making mistakes is what I've learned. That's why we have to take this super cheap ticket because we can't afford anything else <laughs> with all the mistakes I make. Number 13 is check the restrictions on carry-on bags and check bags for your airline Different airlines will have different amounts that you can bring. And if you're flying on low-cost airlines like Air Asia, like Ryanair, like EasyJet, if you get to the gate and then they make you check your bag, it's going to be three times or four times as much as if you would have paid for it in advance. So make sure you know how much, the not just the size allowance, but also the weight allowance. Because a lot of low-cost airlines will say only seven kilos as opposed to like the standard 11 or 12 kilos. So just make sure you know... And buy it ahead of time if you have to buy checked bags ahead of time. And that's also even for the non-low-cost airlines. You don't want to get there and have them check your bag. You know, you thought you could carry it on and then they were going to check your bag and then you have to take everything out and put on what you want in your carry-on. So just be aware of it ahead of time. It just makes it easier. Number 14 is something that I like to do, which is check the weather for the places that you are going. So when you get closer to your time of departure, you can do the 10-day forecast. Then you can just pack accordingly. Maybe you don't need that extra heavy jacket or, you know, maybe you can bring a lighter jacket, just whichever way it goes. But it's nice to know in advance kind of what the weather is going to look like. Case in point, in Tuscany, in this past two weeks that we were in Tuscany, usually it's a bit colder, but we had checked ahead of time. It said it was going to be really, really warm. It had been really warm and it was unseasonably warm there, which was great for us because we were heading on then to Thailand and Malaysia. So we wanted shorts and light, light clothing and all. So we knew, all right, we're only going to pack a little bit of heavy clothing because it's already warm in Tuscany anyway, in Florence anyway. So that, w- that worked out in our favor. But had we not checked the weather, we might have thought, ah, well, we need more heavy stuff because it's going to be cold in Tuscany. It, it was actually really nice. Yeah, so it was perfect for our packing needs. Number 15 is pack a survival kit. I'm going to let Heather take this because she's actually the one who always packs our survival kits. Well, this is just things that I feel comfortable with buying in America. Now, of course, you can probably get ibuprofen and different medicines when you're traveling abroad. But I like to pack a little mini survival kit, things such as um, for... Dramamine, sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Dramamine for motion sickness. Did you take Dramamine before this podcast? You're looking a little (laughs) sleepy. (laughs) Maybe it's all the hectic traveling we've been doing. Dramamine, ibuprofen, some sleeping aid, um, earplugs and eye masks. Because you can find these things in other places, but I find Neosporin is is not so easy to find. So yeah, I just pack a couple things like that. Tied to go stick, put it all in a little pouch, then you're good to go. As a part of this one, actually, we should mention as well, maybe, I mean, if you have medicines and, you know, prescription medicines and you're going for a while somewhere, make sure you stock up on your prescriptions. They might be hard to get in other countries or impossible to get in other countries. So we don't have that issue, but that's something someone might want to be aware of ahead of time too, is if you're going for a couple months, like you did with contacts, you went and got six months worth of contacts. Little things like that. Also, we did do a packing, however many things you should bring on a flight with you. Earplugs and eye masks were number one and number two on both our lists. So I would like, I would throw that in under the survival. Yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of airlines will give you a sleeping mask or um, earplugs, but they suck. They're always the worst. So it's better to bring your own. Definitely. 16, Heather, you also do this as well. This kind of piggybacks on the survival kit stuff. 16 is segment out your stuff. Yeah, when I travel, I like to 
to have separate little pouches or travel bags to organize my things. So I have toiletries in one, makeup in one, the survival kit in another, you know, extra little miscellaneous things because I don't like them all just in my one big bag. It just is really nice to be organized. So you can get these bags anywhere. I mean, even Ikea sells them, but EMS, LL Bean, the container store, all these places you can find just little organizational travel bags. Yeah. That exactly. Another thing, number 17, another thing to pack. And we didn't put too much of the packing stuff on this because we've done other podcasts about packing in a carry on. We've done other podcasts about what to bring on a flight. So check those out if you want more packing tips, but always have on a travel adapter and power plug. We just have a world adapter. So it'll fit in, I don't know, it's like 130 different countries or something like that. And then a little power strip to plug into that. So we have more than just one outlet. We did have two travel adapters, but Heather blew one out when she plugged her hair dryer in. So that's another Whoops. thing. Voltage. Make I don't... sure your voltage is yeah. the correct voltage for that country. In my defense, it wasn't actually my blow dryer. It was Courtney's. So we can blame that one on our big traveling companion, Courtney Bohr. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of worrying about voltage, I just decide not to blow dry my hair. Yeah, you made the yeah, right choice. I make that sacrifice. <laughs> Number 18 is charge your electronics before you go. Again, we mentioned printing out hard copies. Again, this is another, not a safety thing, but just charge up your electronics, you know, so you have them to use when you get there, especially on flights. You want to bring some of your own entertainment. You don't know the entertainment options sometimes unless you research of what they're going to have. So charge up your electronics, charge your phone, charge your laptop, maybe queue up some movies, TV shows, things like that. Just be a little prepared. It'll make it more you don't need these things, right? But it'll make it more, more convenient and more comfortable on your flight. Yeah, more enjoyable. And that brings me to number 19, which is something we always try to do. And that is hit up the grocery store before you leave for a trip. Yeah, this is like the one thing yeah. on the list we're actually good at, guys. <laughs> it figures it revolves around eating. Yeah, don't buy groceries for a home. Buy some snacks for the flight or being at the airport. Because even I am not as frugal as Travis, but I hate the overpriced snacks and food at the airport. Now, you have to buy water once you get in because you can't bring it through security. But as far as snacks go, we try to bring some trail mix or some fruit or even we've made sandwiches so that we wouldn't have to buy things at the airport. Oh, this past crazy itinerary we just told you out that we're in the middle of when we're in Amsterdam. We have we have made like 17 different sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. We just, anywhere, we just actually, we were only in Prague for 15 hours. You know, half an hour of that, we went to the grocery store, got some bread, got some more meat, rolled up some sandwiches and had them before our flight. And now we have them before, our, like we have some extra on our flight to Malaysia because it's going to be 13 hours. So yeah, bring some snacks, make sandwiches. It's going to be better than the plain food as well. I'll still eat the plain food, but- Ugh. Yeah, that's yeah. not a fan. So just, it always makes me feel sick to my stomach. And th- there's no reason not to bring the stuff you like either. I mean, yeah, they let you bring I it know. on. You so can, as long as it's not liquid. You can bring a you know, gourmet meal if you wanted to. Yeah, so we love, we love our little Sammies on the planes. Number 20 is going... These are going to be a few things now that we're going to mention that you can do at home or that you should do before all of these before you leave. But these are some things to take care of as well. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Here's more things to do before <laughs> you travel. For your household. Yeah, for your household. For your household. Travis doesn't know too much about that because it's been a long time since we've had our own household. Number, but, number, number 20, 20. Turn your bills to auto pay. Of course, you're going to have the internet wherever you're going, probably. But you don't want the hassle of this while you're traveling, while you're on the way. So just make sure your bills are turned to auto pay, your cell phone bill, your electricity bill, all this stuff. I mean, it should be anyway. Some of it probably is. I always make sure my credit cards are set up 
to auto pay anyway, so I don't have to ever pay interest, you know, on them. But just do it. Something to take care of before you before you go. And number twenty one, make sure your mail gets picked up or call the post office and have them hold it for the week or two or Yeah, it depends how long you're yeah. going. I mean, if you're going for a couple of days, you don't need to do this. You probably don't need to do any of this that we're talking about. <laughs> but if you're going for a long time, make sure yeah, someone's even, picking up your mail. Even a week or two. I mean, if you get a lot of mail, it piles up. Yeah. And you can, as Heather mentioned, you can have, if you're going for a long time, you can have the post office hold it and then, you know, they'll just keep it in the post office. So it's not jamming up your mailbox because if you go for a long enough time, there won't be any room left in your mailbox eventually. So have it held. Number 22. And this is really important. And sometimes we do this. <laughs> and Most sometimes this last we time don't. we didn't. Tag your credit cards and ATM cards for international travel. This last time, actually last night, we get into the Prague airport and I am trying to take money out and there's all these little teeny boppers ahead of us. They're like 19. <laughs> there's like 10, a group of 10 19 year old girls are going to the ATM. They're all getting out 2000 kronen. Oh, they get. So I go up and, uh, you know, worldwide traveler, travel expert that I am, put my card in, try to get out only 500, which would roughly be 25 US dollars because we didn't need it. We were only there for one night and we we're going to go to the, apartment. We just needed something to get some food and, and to get on the bus. And we couldn't get it out. Yeah. And, and I, I tried to use my debit card. Mine wouldn't work either. We used five different ATM machines. And then finally, the one ATM said, your bank has refused this transaction. So we're like, well, obviously, it's an issue with our bank. So when we got to our hotel, we Skyped our bank and they said the reason it wasn't working because it'd been working in Italy fine for the two weeks that we were there and we didn't call our bank and tell them we were traveling because we are always traveling essentially. But when we got to Prague, because it's like a higher risk country, supposedly. Yeah, Czech Republic's higher risk than Italy. Um, I don't know. But anyway, they said, you know, it was going to be blocked until they could unblock it. And also for all the countries in Southeast Asia, it's all going to be blocked. So, And and she actually said to us it was going to take a, a day. So luckily for us, we were only going to be in Prague for that night. And so we knew we didn't need it the next day or anything like that. But this, and that's if she even like went through the process and it was getting unblocked. You never know. We might have to make like four more phone calls when we get to Malaysia. Just make sure you tag it ahead of time and you shouldn't have much yeah, of an issue. Yeah. And we didn't have too much of an issue because of the next number, 23. We have a credit card with no foreign transaction fee. So you can have any type of credit card to get you out of a jam, but it's important to have one that you can use when you travel and you don't have to worry about getting all of these extra fees. Yeah, you guys know my favorite, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, and then my business one, the Chase Inc. Plus. They have no foreign transaction fees. I can use them in any country. It's going to be the exact same amount as the regular conversion is that day, whatever the market rate is. Make sure you have a card that has no foreign transaction fees. If you're listening and you're an American and you want me to make specific recommendations for what credit cards you can get and should get, feel free to fill out the little form on our website. It's a free credit card consultation. And I will tell you based on where you want to go and how much you spend and all what cards work for you. But make sure you're getting one that has no foreign transaction fee. Some of them have like two and a half, three percent. So that means every time you're using it, you're getting dinged three percent. There's no reason to do that now because Chase is coming in the market and basically said, we're going to not have foreign transaction fees. A lot of other people have had to follow in line. So 23, make sure you have a card that no foreign transaction fees. If you're listening closely, you probably think that's our last one, but we miscounted. So we actually have a 24th for you. That's always have a little bit of cash on you. Now, one reason we couldn't get money out yesterday, but one reason I wasn't 
too worried is I did have a $100 US bill on me. So if I needed to change that in, I could have and we could have got some Corona and we would have been fine. I don't like to do that because they rip you off. You know, there's like a 5% markup. And also, I actually never change my money in. I just carry a little bit on me. Not too much because as you guys know, I've also lost my wallet before. (laughs) So I only- You are just a wreck. You should just stay home. I I think you should be cut off from traveling. Who knows what would happen if I stayed (laughs) home? I'd be a wreck for everyone around me. But I I always carry a little bit of money on me and me and Heather actually like to split it up. So I had a $100 bill on me. That's not usually the case. Usually I have like- 60 bucks. Heather have 40 bucks on her in case we do lose it. Just as a backup, if we ever needed to go and exchange it and just get whatever local currency is, we'd have the US dollar, which everyone's going to take most of the time. So always have a little bit of cash on you. Yeah, I guess that wraps it up. I mean... Yes. I can't think of anything else that's that important. I'm sure there are other things. Yeah. Well, there are probably other things, you guys. And, you know, that's our pre-travel checklist in the fact that this is what you should be doing. Now, do we go down this checklist? As you've heard, well, not all the time. Now that we have it recorded in a podcast and written out, I think that we could be a little more... Yeah. On top of things. (laughs) On top of things. And this will make a handy guide for you guys, you know, to reduce your stress and worry both while you're getting ready, you know, okay, well, here's the things I should be doing. And also while you're on the trip, obviously these things are made to reduce the stress when you're on your trip. So you don't have to think about all these things. So let us know what you guys do, because these are the things that a good traveler should do. We don't always do them, but I'm sure there's a few things we missed or some things that you always do too that could really help us. So you can leave us a comment, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pre-travel, P-R-E-T-R-A-V-E-L. So there you go, guys. Leave us a comment. That would be really, really helpful. Also, don't forget, Heth, we've got a survey for these guys to fill out. Yeah, we're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card for your feedback. All you've got to do, guys, is go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey. It'll be less than five minutes. Make sure to leave your email address because if your number gets pulled and we don't have an email address, we have no way of knowing who it is. We don't ask you to put your name on it. It's anonymous other than the email address and we'll only use it to get a hold of you and be able to send you the gift card. So again, that would really, really help just because we want to know what shows you like and what you want to hear more of. So that's what we ask in the survey. Really quick, less than five minutes. Really appreciate it. Chance at $50 from Amazon. Heth, if you had $50 from Amazon, what would you spend it on? Oh my gosh, I would probably buy some more travel organizational bags because I was just looking at them before this podcast. (laughs) There you go. Maybe you'll buy them as well. And if you didn't get the chance to subscribe to our show yet, we made a huge push a few days ago, Wednesday, November 5th, if you're listening to this live, to try to get in the top 100 podcasts overall in iTunes. I've already told you guys we're the number one radio travel podcast on iTunes. That's great. But this is the big ones. This is like the big boys, like This American Life, all those NPR ones, Freakonomics, just super, super popular podcasts. We want to try to hit that top 100 podcast overall because now we've got a ton of awesome shows, a lot of downloads, and over a 100 episodes. So we need to keep the momentum going. If you would, just subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That will really, really help. Every day that we get more subscriptions or people subscribing, that helps push us towards that top 100. So thanks for the survey, guys. Thanks for the top, maybe the top 100 on iTunes. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. And of course, thanks for all the support. Thanks for joining us today. We're now the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And Heth, until next time, happy happy free free travels. travels.